What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and we have an absolutely juicy waiver wire this week for week five. I usually have two to three priority ads. These are guys that I would spend 15% or more of my waiver wire budget on. This week, instead of two to three, we have like seven. So we have a lot to get into. We have a lot of big, high-profile guys this week on waivers. Let's not waste any time. If you enjoyed the video at any point, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Before I get into my priority ads for week five, make sure you check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Every Tuesday night at like 7 p.m. Eastern, I drop my waiver wire fab article where I go through and list all of the targets across all the positions and tell you guys exactly how much fab I'm bidding on those players. And I have little write-ups for each of them just to give you guys some notes, some stats for each player. It's one of the best ways to go out there, crush your leagues on waivers. It's one of the things that a lot of patrons out there say is one of the best services, things that I offer behind the scenes. Now, that'll be at the top of the description below, a link to take you to the Patreon. Same thing down below in the comments at the top pinned. Now, when we talk about priority ads here, these are guys that I'm spending 15% or more of my fab budget on. And every player on this list outside of a couple are 50% owned or less on ESPN. Now, I do break that rule a few times, one of them being our first priority ad here. Now, before we get into these priority ads, I wanted to hop on here from the next day after I recorded this because we had big news. Latavius Murray gets signed from, I believe it was the Saints practice squad, gets signed to the Broncos. So now we have a huge wrench in all of the waiver wires that came out this week because we had Mike Boone as a big ad and we even had Latavius Murray as an ad on the Saints. But now they're in the same backfield and a lot of waiver wire videos that are out there right now are going to be outdated. They're not going to have the correct up-to-date information. They don't know that Latavius Murray is in the backfield yet. So if you're curious as to why this video is coming out so late, right? This is going to come out like probably like 4.30, 5 p.m. on Tuesday. Usually it comes around around lunchtime. It's because we're going to talk about the new news, if you will. Now, when we have this backfield, Javante Williams, Terrence ACL, absolutely hate to see it. But now that opens this running back room wide open. We have Melvin Gordon. We have Mike Boone. Now we have Latavius Murray. And first, when we talk about Mike Boone here, he handled all of the long down and distance work, all of the two-minute drilled work, or not all of it, but six out of seven of those snaps on third and fourth downs after the Javante injury. So we even had Boone when Javante was healthy, taking away pass-catching snaps. He was out there in two-minute drill, out there on third down and fourth down, mixing in. Not a bunch of the time, but he was actually a little bit in the rotation even before this injury. So what that tells me that they like him as a pass blocker, as a pass catcher, I think he has that role on lock. I think that he is going to be their main pass catching guy, their main two-minute drill guy out of the backfield. And then you have Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray splitting up work between the 20s on the goal line as between the tackles bangers. Now, Mike Boone doesn't have a crazy high ceiling, but he's also not a bum, right? Latavius Murray is a guy we all know. Mike Boone's not as well known, but Mike Boone is interesting. He ran a 4.49 in college. He's 5'10, 206 pounds. He had a good college target share. He was a pretty good prospect coming out of Cincinnati. He was undrafted, but just in terms of being an athlete and being someone that's interesting for fantasy football, he was somebody that was a name at the very least. And he's hung around the NFL thus far. That's at least something in his favor. Then we have Latavius Murray, who is a 32 year old running back. 
getting signed off a practice squad. I don't see massive upside with Latavius Murray. Melvin Gordon's already there. He's going to be the between the tackles banger. They just wanted someone that they could shove between the tackles, not name Mike Boone, that won't fumble them the ball. That is Latavius Murray. So when we talk about Mike Boone versus Latavius Murray in terms of who I'd rather bid on waivers or who I'd rather use waiver wire priority on, for me, it's Mike Boone. Now, I don't think the ceiling is really that high for either of them. It's an ugly three-man rotation in this backfield. But I think Mike Boone has an easier time carving out a standalone role as a pass catcher, right? He already has pretty much the pass catching on lock, the two-minute drill stuff on lock. Whereas Latavius Murray is now new to this team. He has to learn the playbook a little bit. He doesn't have the full trust of these guys. And he's competing next to Melvin Gordon, who's like three years younger and an objectively better running back than him, despite the fumble. So I don't really see how Latavius Murray becomes like this big winner. I see some people saying that they'd have him over Boone or like as the top waiver wire ad this week. To me, I'm not as optimistic as those guys I don't have either Mike Boone or Latavius Murray this week as priority ads. I think you can sort of get somewhere like the 5 to 10 to just under 15% range. I wouldn't go all out for either of these running backs. Now, that is all. I wanted to give you guys that update here at the top of this video to make sure you guys are all up to speed on pretty much the new updates that came out last night where I recorded this video. Then like an hour and a half later, Latavius Murray gets signed. So that will bring us to our first priority ad of this video here, which is Naeem Hines. And he's owned in 60% of leagues at this point, but I figured that's so close 50%, I might as well mention him just because I know he might be out there in some of your leagues. So you hate to see it, but Jonathan Taylor goes down on Sunday with what was thought to be a high ankle sprain. He comes out clean where his tests come back negative, but his availability is still in jeopardy for Thursday night. He still has some kind of ankle twist up. It seems like on a short week with a tight turnaround, he might not suit up for Thursday, which means Naeem Hines is an absolute instant start if Jonathan Taylor misses time. Now, he's not going to be a bell cow like Jonathan Taylor, but with JT gone, Naeem Hines will get all the two-minute drill work, all of the long down and distance work, and then he'll also mix in between the tackles much more than he previously was. So probably somewhere in that like 50% of the rush attempts range, which would put him in that like Ramondre Stevenson type role where he could get... 12, 15, 16, 17, just opportunities in terms of targets and carries. Now, I'll also mention Philip Lindsay and Deion Jackson. Those are the other two running backs on the roster. They're worth mentioning as they'll probably mix in on Thursday if Jonathan Taylor can't go, but they're not worth an ad outside of really, really deep leagues. Now, until I say these aren't priority ads, these are priority ads. And next up, we have Raheem Mostert, who is just straight up the lead back at this point in Miami. He had 73% of the snaps to Chase Edmonds, 27% of the snaps. He dominated even passing downs, right? We thought that Raheem Moster was going to be the between the tackles guy, the goal line guy, and he's out there taking six out of six of two minute drill snaps and then four out of seven third down snaps. He is at this point the lead back and you hate to say it, but I think that Thursday game with all the drama with Tua and it just being a Thursday night game in general, I think Raheem Moster in this kind of, I'm not going to call it a role change, but him kind of... I guess you could say leapfrogging Edmonds, but just, you know, sort of asserting himself ahead makes him someone that's going to go sort of under the radar in your leagues. Now, he's yet to crack 12 fantasy points as well, so it's not like he had a big performance either. So he's someone I would like to sneak on to rosters, but if I had to, I would bid, you know, 15% plus, 20% plus for the lead back on the Dolphins. Next, we have Tyler Algier, and with Cordero Patterson going on IR with a knee injury, that means he's going to miss at least four games here 
which really opens this backfield up. The main drawback with Tyler Algier is that Arthur Smith is so frustrating. He had not only Cordell Patterson on this active roster, but he had Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, and Avery Williams. Avery Williams, a converted defensive player, now special teamer. He uses him in the backfield for some reason, despite only giving him one opportunity. Now, Algier is clearly the lead guy. He had the most opportunities with 11. He had the most snaps after Patterson left with 51.7%, and he dominated the pass-catching role, having four out of five snaps on third and fourth downs. The issue is that Huntley wasn't too far behind. He had 10 opportunities to his 11. He had 41% of the snaps to Algiers, 51.7%. And he had four out of five touches inside the 10. So Avery Williams isn't going to be relevant. He's going to be annoying. We have Tyler Algiers, who's going to be the 1A, and then Huntley likely being the 1B. And then to add on top of all that, we have Damian Williams, who was the starting running back in week one, coming off IR around week six or week seven. So this whole backfield is really tough. I wouldn't spend a lot more than the 15% priority ad threshold for Tyler Algier, but he's interesting. He's a guy that a lot of guys liked coming out of school out of BYU. He has size. He can carry a big workload. He is interesting for sure. He has upside for sure, but it is a messy backfield. And then I would have Caleb Huntley, Damian Williams as fine ads. I wouldn't go, you know, 15% plus for them. I think they're just fine speculative ads. And we don't usually have wide receivers on this list, but Wide receivers are popping off, rookie wide receivers in general. We always talk about we want to be targeting rookie wide receivers because they have the most upside for those money-making weeks in the playoffs where we saw Amon Ross St. Brown win people millions of dollars last year. We've seen it with Ayuk. We saw it with even guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. All across the board, rookie wide receivers turn up on the second half of the season. And Romeo Dobbs being available in over 50% of leagues is a crime. We talked about him last week. We talked him up last week, but we now have two back-to-back -back games here with 90% or more of the routes. He is a starting wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. He's a rookie with upside, catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. That's all you really need to know. On top of that, he has back-to-back -back eight target weeks, back-to-back -back touchdown weeks. He is averaging 16.5 points per game since becoming a starter. He is a must-add, somebody that if you're down bad at wide receiver, you can be super aggressive on Dobbs this week. Next, we have another rookie wide receiver in George Pickens, who's trending up right now. He goes from a 9.1% target share in week one to a 9.1% in week two to a 21.9% in week three to a 29.7% target share in week four, where he had eight targets, six catches, 102 yards on the day. His eight targets were as many as Claypool and Deontay Johnson had combined. I also think that there's some clear chemistry there with Kenny Pickett where they're both rookies in the same class they're of course going to be buddies but you also have that I don't know what I want to call it like kind of the Flacco narrative where the wide receiver three wide receiver four wide receiver five have better rapport with the backup quarterback where Joe Flacco loved throwing it to Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson was taking all those snaps with the twos I imagine there was something similar there with George Pickens rookie training camp him kind of running with the twos and Pickett at times there's probably chemistry there which is a big reason why he had a 33% target per route run this past Sunday. Again, he's a rookie wide receiver with upside, amazing college profile, looked amazing in training camp and preseason, then had two quiet weeks, and now he's sort of rebounding here. And again, he was a guy that was getting drafted 11th, 12th, 13th round in a lot of leagues. If he's out there on waivers, he's somebody that needs to be on rosters at this point. Then our last priority ad is right on the fringes here with Michael Gallup. He's not someone I would go 
crazy for. But if you're like a, a double hero RB build right now and you need wide receiver bad, he's somebody that right off waivers is a wide receiver three you can flex by the time Dak gets back. Now, I will say he doesn't have that same rookie wide receiver upside where he can be the guy you needed to have from weeks like 12 to 17. But he's somebody, again, there is value in just having a wide receiver three you can plug into your flex spot when you need to in those bye week weeks. Now, he did have a somewhat quiet day, only had two catches for 24 yards and a touchdown, but it was his first game back off an ACL tear. He still ran 85% of the routes, which is huge. And then Noah Brown, who's been like averaging quietly top 24 wide receiver numbers, gets hurt. Gallup can kind of slide into that role and be pretty much good to go by the time Dak gets back. Then we have our ads here, which are just guys that you're not spending up for on the waiver wire. But these are guys that you're either sneaking onto your roster after waivers clear or you're bidding like a dollar or two on on Tuesday or Wednesday. And first up, we have Rashad White. And the Bucks seem to be pivoting to a 60-40 split here. It would make sense for them to not want to give Leonard Fournette who has had injury concerns in the past, like 80% of the snaps. So this split makes sense. It was in a competitive game. It wasn't in a blowout. And it was really encouraging for Rashad White, where he saw half of the rushing attempts, he saw half of the red zone snaps, and he only ran eight fewer routes than Fournette. He also had five catches for 50 yards through the air and a touchdown. He also fumbled, which is kind of a good thing because he fumbled and then he came back in a close game in crucial moments, and he wasn't punished for it. So it's wheels all the way up for Rashad White. He's probably not going to give you standalone value with Fournette there. But if Fournette was to go down, Rashad White would be wheels all the way up, fringe top 12 running back. As a guy coming out of school that we really liked out of Arizona State, round three draft capital, six foot, 214 pounds, 4'4 speed with massive pass catching upside. He is somebody that needs to be on every single roster as a potential lottery ticket at any point in time you know Leonard Fournette has never played a full season so Rashad White needs to be rostered everywhere then we have Brian Robinson who is designated to return from IR as of today that means he'll be on the field within the next 21 days or the next three weeks which is really promising for him because he's coming back from like literal gunshot wounds in his leg and instead of it being something that ended his season he's going to come back earlier than expected and he was a guy in the preseason that as a third round pick, he came in and literally beat out Antonio Gibson after like one or two preseason games. So he has a lot of upside to kind of earn back some of that role that he had already earned in the preseason. And it also times up here where Antonio Gibson is starting to struggle a little bit. He had his first game this season under 10 PPR points. So once Robinson comes back, he's not going to be someone you can start right away. But he'll be somebody in this backfield where if Gibson wants to go down, he would be a must start. And he also has the upside to sort of earn playing time here because it's clear that the coaching staff really likes him. So if he earns playing time, he could be somebody that would maybe be startable. But regardless, he is an interesting ad at this point. Then our last ad here, I figured I'd throw in a tight end. We have Logan Thomas, who has hovered around 60% of the routes this year, coming off an ACL injury. He hit 71% of the routes this week. So He's steadily climbing from that ACL injury. He also had six targets, which was tied for second on the team. It didn't result in any points. He only had like 6.9 points, but the usage is encouraging. The routes are coming up. It seems like he's sort of getting that ACL injury behind him at this point. He's somebody in deeper leagues, I think is a great add at tight end. The other tight end names that I'll just throw out there for you guys, Evan Ingram, who I know didn't perform, but he's still running a ton of routes. He's still out there. And then Tyler Conklin. Now, the issue with Tyler Conklin is that CJ was almost taking some routes from him. But he still had six targets. He still had a bunch of targets for a tight end named Tyler Conklin. He's going to get his touches. He's somebody you can start 
as a low-end tight end one streamer now that's going to do it for us today again as always if you guys want to see exactly what i'm recommending to bid on each and every single one of these players check out patreon.com slash ron stewart and if you don't that's cool as well a great help to the channel is just going down below leaving a like leaving a comment subscribing the support has been crazy recently i think we're like 21.5k subs i feel like we just hit 20k in week one you guys have been absolutely amazing and on that note i will see you guys in the next video